I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. You're listening to Book Club Babes. Let's get into it. Hello. Hi. How are you? Oh my gosh, we're recording IRL. I know. In person. I know, with our doggos. So. With our dogs. So if you hear tip chats. There she is. That's Fe- Ruby and Brandy. Featuring Ruby and Brandy. Feet. Featuring. They're Book Club Babes. Yeah, they're, they're on only pause. Look them up. Oh my God, that's cute. <laughs> That should be a thing. It probably is. It probably is. Only pause. So what are you reading? What are you up to? Literally the same as last week. Black Cake, Mm. Lenny and Margot, 100 Years of Lenny and Margot. How far? I'm halfway through. It's so good. I'm laughing at the priests on motorcycles thought that Lenny had. What was that? Oh, because the priest is retiring. So oh, yeah. She's like, "What are you gonna do? Yes. Like, aren't, isn't it retirement for like things you have always wanted to do?" And he's like, "So I should ride a motorcycle." <laughs> she's like, "Yeah, and your dress." <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like the little their little relationship. Yes, really and sweet. what I liked about that too is that it's not like religion in your face, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's very subtle, mm-hmm. yeah. and she is like 
so questioning yes. so you're not being like force fed that seeking answers mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not like he's like come and mm-hmm. see me in the church mm-hmm. you have to go to church mm-hmm. yeah oh that's so cute. that's good and i'm learning about margot's life which i love an old <gasps> an older person's perspective I know. and yeah that's about it they're buds it's so cute yeah cool how about you? Um, are you enjoying black cake? Yes. I am like 10% in. Oh. I'm struggling. Oh. I finished the measure. Oh, yeah. You said it was amazing. So fucking good. I brought it for you. Oh. It's really good. Me. Yeah. It's really good. I enjoyed it and would recommend it. Mm. Yeah. Do you think next week that we'll take the week off because there's five weeks in March? Hell yeah. Wait. Hell yeah. Do you want to do next week? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So we're not going to be here next week. So. Oh, I kind of love that sometimes. We're taking a little breaker next yeah. week. Yeah. So suck it. Yeah. I got to read Black Cake before I go to the Cedar Canoe Book Club. Yes. I do row. too. I do Or we're too. just going to be nodding, smiling, and nodding. Uh-huh. And not contributing love, anything. Loved that part of the book. <laughs> well, tricked you. It didn't happen. You didn't read it. What did they ask? Like a super smart question. What did you think about? And you're like. Mm, I, you know what? I'd really love to hear Chantel's thoughts on that. Uh, oh, well, I was really hoping to hear Caitlin's. <laughs> uh, over to you. That's oh, what I said. Over to you. Anyway, yeah, I'm reading that too. Thanks for letting me hang with the books. Um, Yeah, so I finished that. That's good. I'm listening to Demon Copperhead. Have you seen it? You, I'll show you this book. You'll pro- you've probably seen Copperhead like- Road. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm listening to it and I love it because do you know who Theo Vaughn is? Mm-mm, never heard of him. He's a comedian who's got like a mullet and he's like from the South. So he's got an accent oh, and he's, he's just like say. really um, he his his bit is that he's like really oblivious. The yeah, narrator. Okay. Is has him. an accent, uh, which I like. Yeah, down south. Yeah, yeah down south. Some gravy and biscuits. Mm, yeah, I love grits. a southern accent. Something like that. Oh. Yeah, grits, grits, bitch. Yeah. Well, is anything? No, we're just a boring bunch of babes. This it's winter. It's winter here, so we pretty much are just stuck inside. Yes, and I have listened to the first two seasons of Cold. Oh, and they're good. Yeah, that guy's dad oh Fucked. my god that the first season was i liked the first season better than the second season mm-hmm. i i'm like i was so pissed the entire time because the guy fucking rapes the girl mm, yeah and then like blames everything on her about how he, he killed her like that doesn't even make any sense mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. makes me mad no hate it yeah well we've got three new babes who i want to say hello to akashada uh holly and ashley hi Hi. show us your dogs yeah show us um, show us or else or else or Or your pets yes i was gonna say or if anybody has a hedgehog i mean (gasps) oh my god i saw a five-month-old pug today wow he was so cute oh my god was he like as big as your hand he was no he was a little bit bigger like like probably like a small cat size Okay. okay fuck i'd never seen a baby pug before and he had a jacket on like oh no it was next level stop it was really cute i died a little and if anyone has a snake please put a hat <gasps> on it and send it to caitlin yes snakes with hats snakes with hats if you even have are you even a snake pet owner if you don't, don't put a hat, hat on it, it. linguini that's such a good um snake name it's a really good <laughs> okay, all right let's talk about tipu okay 
You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. So this is week four, and we are reading a the end. The end. Of tomorrow, 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 oh, yeah. tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Okay. Part nine, Pioneers. Stay with me on this one. She's got some notes. She's got notes. It was a long one. Okay. Oh, yeah. I was so fucking confused. I was confused at the beginning, and then I was like, I understand. It took me, I'll tell you, I can tell you when I finally figured out what was going on. Uh, I had a feeling that it was um, Sadie, but I was just like, what? Like, I don't get this. this? Yeah. Okay, so first we meet the stranger, a.k.a. Emily B. Marks, Mm -hmm. and she is meeting with the editor and they ask her where her husband is and she explains she is alone and intends to stay that way then we find out that she is in friendship and that she's living in the remote upper foglands i'm like is she playing a game i don't get this i was Sign so confused where she lives and just build a little a frame yeah. <laughs> on the side of something the cliff like i'll be there i would love to give people rocks as presents Me <laughs> like why not why don't you want this why don't you want my rock i found it Okay, so the land she's living on is difficult land. Um, Quote, her waking hours were devoted to survival. I wrote that down because I feel like that is the, like, best way that I've ever heard of grief. Mm -hmm. Like, being the person left behind. Your waking Mm -hmm. hours are devoted to survival. So her neighbors um, always give her gifts. So she's giving rocks, like I just said. Her closest neighbor is named Alabaster Brown. And she leaves him a poem that she writes along with a rock. He comes to visit her. They have, they get to know each other a little bit. And he tells her that he's been married 12 times. So he becomes one of the few neighbors she feels she can talk to. We find out that Emily is five months pregnant when she decides to open her bookstore. Because she obviously can't farm on her land. Mm -hmm. By month seven, her bookstore isn't doing too well and she considers closing it. Mm -hmm. Alabaster encourages her to start selling greeting cards too and games. One day, Alabaster finds her lying on her porch um, and gives her pioneer aid from his inventory. So I'm like, okay, this is totes a game. Yes. She confesses to him um, what honestly just sounds like depression and he tells her that um, her glasses are too small for her face and that she needs to go see the optometrist. (laughs) 
your glasses they're too small they're too small for your face that's weird <laughs> that's why you're sad it's yeah, the glasses it's the on the your glasses. face and does she also have small teeth I, oh no 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 this is not a lisa jewel book there ain't no small teeth here <laughs> crossover with lisa jewel <laughs> no <laughs> okay so she meets how would you say this day dallas D- the doctor it's- oh yes um i had it written down somewhere here to did that day dallas day dallas i'm just gonna call her the doctor the doctor okay so she meets the doctor who has made a miniature crystal horse of emily's horse named pixel so they end up like doing this weird thing where they're defining words together and they get Emily a new prescription. The doctor would like the game go as payment and Emily will have to find it. So Emily decides to make the game herself and she creates the board. She presents it to the doctor and says she could make the pieces in glass. The doctor asks if she should make the light stones in glass and the dark ones in stone. And she's heard Emily's land is full of stone. So the doctor tells Emily she is making a reward for the most charitable person in friendship because she's playing like touching glass And Emily is touched by it, and she ends up writing a poem about it, which she gifts to the doctor the next day with a bag of rocks. So now Emily is nine months pregnant, and she finds an advertisement on the community bulletin board that the doctor is looking for go partners. She arrives, and she is the only one there. She learns to play the game. The doctor asks her to come back next week. The doctor says she'd rather be called... Day Dallas. I'm not, I don't know how to say that. Yeah. But whatever her last name is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, They keep playing and Emily finally wins a game. The doctor um, insists on walking Emily home and asks her about her life. Emily tells her that she had an easy life for a long time, but then her partner died and she detests her work. Her grandpa has also died, which was, like, a weird thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that actually happened. I wonder if it's supposed to be Frida, like, her grandma. Did her grandma die? I think so, because in the end, she's like, I'm missing Frida. Oh, whatever. I don't remember that. That's sad. Yeah. Um, and anyway, she's in friendship because she no longer wishes to be in the place she lived or to even be in her own body. So that mm-hmm. fucking sucks. The doctor gets down on one knee and asks Emily to come live with her. <laughs> Hi. You guys are crazy. Tappers, everybody was just calm for a minute. Ruby, can you sit down, please? Um, she says that, quote, it means a very long game of Go played without stops, which I thought was really cute. That is cute. <laughs> she talks to Alabaster about the proposal he notices that she's been pregnant since she arrived, which was 11 months ago. That's too long. That's too long. Um, he wonders if the, quote, algorithm isn't allowing her to have her baby until she's partnered, which seems pretty fucking backwards, if we're going to yeah. be honest, even in a game. Yeah. Um, Emily avoids the doctor for several weeks until she comes into her shop and tells her that she's made something for her. Sorry, the doctor goes into Emily's shop, and we find out that it's a portal that connects her store to her house, which is kind of cute. I should have gotten it. I should have gotten it here, what was going on, but I did not. Mm. Um, It's marked with the three therefore dots, but upside down, which means because instead. 
She's built it because she doesn't want convenience to be a factor in Emily's decision on whether or not she'll move into the doctor's house. Hmm. Whew, this is a lot. Sorry. Alabaster and Emily try the portal that night and it works. Alabaster says, oh, I really love this. Um, and what is love in the end? Except the irrational desire to put evolutionary competitiveness aside in order to ease someone else's journey through life. Okay, so Emily and the doctor get married and she was two years pregnant. No, I hate that. Um, the doctor gifts Emily a hedge maze for her in her garden for the wedding gift and then the baby is born. They decide to keep their separate homes and the doctor builds a portal between their houses. The baby is a great baby who looks eight by the time it's two due to the being in the womb for so long, which I just am not a fan of. <laughs> Get that baby away from me. <laughs> right? I don't like that. <laughs> Get that eight-year-old, two-year-old away from me. <laughs> what the fuck? Hate it. Um, so the for short form, the baby's name is Ludo Quintus, but they call him LQ. So she ends up teaching LQ how to swim. I don't think that was really necessary, but it is what it is. Like, to the storyline. So, mm -hmm. I'm not going to include it further. But, okay. One day, the doctor goes missing. Emily goes looking for her. She finds the doctor, who has a black hand. She nurses the doctor back to health. It becomes clear that the hand needs to be amputated. And at this point, I'm still not getting it. No. <laughs> I'm like, this is weird. This Kate is weird. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just, like, was not getting it. Like, I'm oh like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. I can't believe you admit that out loud. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I know I'm not an idiot. <laughs> so I'm not afraid. I ain't got no fears. You got no shame about it. Okay, <laughs> so the doctor takes this hard and feels like she's useless now and tells Emily to leave her. Uh, they start a company producing games. <laughs> oh, my God. And they call it Daydle... Day... 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 Day whatever the doctor's last name is and mark's games <laughs> the doctor tells emily she loves her and that this is when i understood the doctor tells emily she loves her and that sometimes she finds it hard to say because it doesn't seem like it is enough and i wrote is this dot 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 sam <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. when did you get it like long no yes All like right. when they first started like playing games together well whatever I was just like whatever not everybody's as smarty pants like you no, okay I'm not as well. <laughs> maybe it's because i'm not smart that i got it <laughs> apparently i saw um Karis and shauna listen to the audiobook mm -hmm. and no it was your chapter oh, okay. when marks dies the um the voice changed the narrator changed from, like, a woman to a man suddenly. Whoa. And I feel like that would be a whole... So I wonder, Whoa. like, that would have been cool if they did that with this chapter. Yeah. With this chapter. With this chapter. I don't know, though. Who knows? Okay. Mm. <clears throat> okay, I swear I'm almost done. For Christmas, the Doctor and Ludo Quintus make a game for Emily and call it by his name. Ludo is Latin for game and Quintus is Latin for fifth. Subtlety much? Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, then we got a, a little quick little chapter on a, the pioneer chat and its messages between Emily and the doctor. She asks if it's Samson, and he says yes. She asks how he found her, and he tells her that he built this place for her. 
She's angry, asks if he used her IP address to find her, and he says yes. She says she's going to have to leave friendship now, and he tells her that Marx's death didn't just happen to her and that he misses her and wants to be in her life, which is a mistake he has made in the past, and she, he's like trying here, and Sadie leaves the chat. <laughs> Sadie has left the chat. Goodbye. She's like, mm, no, bye. You tricked me. <sighs> okay. Emily is mad. She goes to see Alabaster. He tells her she needs to consider, quote, the rarity of finding a playmate in either this world or the other world. Then we find out that Alabaster is also Sam. The lie detector determined that that was a lie. I wrote, sigh. Oh, God. Literally every character is just Sam. <laughs> Forever. Forever. <laughs> okay, so Emily. And Sadie's the only one playing the yeah, game. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Fuck. So Emily decides to check out, so she's, she's, she's like, I gotta leave friendship now, but she had seen some stuff while she was exploring once, and she had noticed that there was the breaker of horses, um, and she wants to go and check that out before she leaves friendship. So she goes, and she meets this guy, and she is like, I hear you're the breaker of horses, and he is an NPC, but she asks him... Because he looks like Marks. She, like, meets him and he looks like Marks. And so then she asks him what his favorite part in the Il- Iliad is. And the NPC changes and recites Marks's favorite part, which is kind of cute and kind of sad. Um, and then we find out when Sam built Pioneers, he expanded the categories to divorces, wills, and funerals because he hated how people could just leave games without any sort of explanation. So Emily makes a will, and then she has a headstone placed for her, and at the bottom it reads, She hath died of dysentery. Is that how you say it? Yeah. <laughs> Flip! Uh... Uh, I don't know how I feel about that trick. The trickery. I don't think it's a trick. I, because he, he just like, she told him, don't come to my house. I don't want to talk to you anymore. But he doesn't want to lose her, right? So you should fight for the things that matter to you. Yes. And this was the only way that he thought that he could talk to her. I, I guess, but oh, I think my personality is just so... Like, Anyways. you think that's too much of, like, a bound, like, too much of breaking a boundary? Well, and, like, my personality is, like, okay, maybe I'll ask somebody for help once or twice. But, like, past that, if you're not willing to help or if you're not, like, that's me, you're done. Like, so you think if you were Sadie, you would have been over Sam by now? Yeah, it'd but been she like, didn't. Goodbye. She, sh- okay, but then what if Sam built you a world? <laughs> Goodbye. A video game world. Goodbye. You wouldn't like that? I'd be like, stop being a creep, creep. Oh, you'd think it's creepy. Stop being so obsessed with me. What if it was me? But we, I don't know. (laughs) No. No, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Because they're best friends. I guess. I don't know. Okay, 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 okay. I don't know. I don't give people very many chances. I and I think that's a reflection of me. Okay, okay. Like okay, I don't have okay. hope in you. Okay, okay, okay. Oh dear. Okay. okay, okay, okay. Now we're in part ten, and it's called Freights and Grooves. Um. Well, look who it is again. Look who the cat dragged in. It's Dov. 
Of Classic. course. And he's Sadie's telling him about what happened. And I actually don't hate him in this chapter. <laughs> uh, I don't hate Sam. I don't hate Sam. <laughs> okay. He's like, come on, like you had to have known. Like Sadie, like get with it. And Sadie swears that she didn't know it was Sam. And she relates it to like a crime show when you're outside of it thinking like those cops are so dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, look at all this evidence and blah blah blah. Been there. Um so she's like, it's not obvious when you're in the situation, but people from an outside perspective obviously can see it. Except for me. Except for Kim. <laughs> um so dov's like well like what is his end game like what's the narrative here kind of thing and he thinks or she explains that he thinks that he was watching and waiting to see if sadie would join um and then sadie says that that kind of game like the kind of world building game was what she needed like kind of that fluffy comforting game what was Uh, it like what was the game that he was emulating he was it was like kind of like the sims plus like animal crossing plus like a bunch of games What was that game that they played together though oh uh oregon trail oregon trail yes Yes. Yes. there was that kind of vibe yes exactly and that's what it was based Mm -hmm. off of remember last Mm -hmm. week when he was like sadie should i Mm -hmm. make whatever Mm -hmm. pioneers Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay we got there in the end Okay. We made it. Um, and then, so she, he fe- felt, she, Sadie, sorry, Sadie felt like he was like ma- made that game to like target her because he knew what she would need and blah blah blah. Infiltrate at, after Marks died and everything like that, and then he just kept creating characters to keep Sadie playing essentially. Um, she says that eventually she did know that it was Sam and then she thought that maybe she always knew that it was Sam just didn't let herself think that. Um, and then she says like, there were clues. I mean, like, come on, Edna did lose her hand. Like, that's a pretty big clue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, she tells Dov that they're still not speaking because he tricked me and Dov says, you're 34 years old. You're old enough to stop being so young. Which. Right? I, I think do she needed that. I do appreciate that. Like, honestly, to be like, he tricked me. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Uh, right? Cross my arm. Yes. Yeah, no. Stop my foot. He tricked me. No. My business partner. I've been Rude. tricked. This person I've known since I was like literally 10 years old. Trick me. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> So Dobbs tells it how it is, and he says that only young people can hi- have such high standards, which also <laughs> very true. <laughs> um, and then he obviously has to throw his creepy self in there. He tells her, like, I'm getting divorced again, and I'm like, I'm... Like, I wouldn't even date me. I'm an awful person. Which was weird. Yes. Like, we saw character growth in Dov, which I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting. I gen- genuinely no. thought he was going to be the villain. But he does pull uh, Matthew McConaughey from Dazed and Confused. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, does, yeah, yeah. He does say, uh, Dov does say that the thing he likes about college girls is that he gets older and they <laughs> stay, stay the, the same, same age. age. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> And then you got any weed? (laughs) Be a lot cooler if you You did. did. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, And then, of course, Sadie's like, why are you even here? And he's like, blah, blah, blah. Something about his fucking game from before. And also, do you want to teach my class at MIT? 
Um, What's isn't he like going back to like see his wife? Yeah, he's like, going to visit uh, his kid who's sixteen now right. or something like that. Right. Um, and probably try to get back together with his wife because that seems like oh, scummy. <laughs> that seems something that dog would do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then he kind of leaves that conversation at the end of the night, gives her a kiss on the cheek, and then also tells her, "Well, I don't know much about women, but." To build a whole world for someone is pretty romantic. I think it is too. A whole game? <laughs> a whole game? But also he made money off of it. Did he? Yes. For their business. <laughs> that he's trying to run okay. by himself. Okay. You just hate him. So you're I like scum. No, I hate. Scum. He's scum. He's got a dog named Tuesday that he rescued. A Tuesday dog that he rescued. Okay. He's got no foot. He's got- <laughs> now I just seem like I'm an <laughs> Yeah, you're an able. <laughs> okay. So, Sadie ends up teaching the advanced games seminar. She teaches it the exact same way that it was taught to her 16 years ago, but the main difference in this class is that it is 50% women or humans presenting as women. Hell yeah. A student named Destiny praises Ichigo. Um, Sadie ends up showing the class solution and asks for a critique from them. She tells the class how Sam and her used to be obsessed with the idea of a, quote, perfect play, and that as a designer, that attitude was hard when creating a game, which I can see. Perfectionism. Um, yes. Crippling. Uh, the thief of joy. Yeah. So... Destiny ends up having a private question for Sadie, so she walks to her office with her while they chat, and she is wondering how Sadie went from making games like Solution to making games like Ichigo in such a short amount of time. She's like, I didn't really want to ask you that in front of the class, but... But I gotta know. I gotta know. I gotta know. Kind of rude, but like, I want to know. Um, and Sadie, I actually really respected this. She says that she's not sure and asks if she can think on it and get back to her. I love that response. And that's a valid answer. Mm -hmm. It is. Mm -hmm. You don't always have to have the answer right You don't. And you're 100% allowed to be like, can I think on this and get back to you on anything in life? Mm -hmm. Love that. Okay. So she thinks about it that night and realizes that selfishness, resentment, and insecurity were the driving forces for Ichigo. And she can't tell Destiny that though, so she's kind of come like, up with a better answer than that. <laughs> can't tell her that, but I think having that reflection allows her to see how she's grown, but also like where she's been. So I think it was like selfishness in regards to Sam and having wanted to like prove her worth, um, resentment towards. Who was the resentment towards? I didn't actually write that down, but it was like maybe being a woman in the industry. Mm, and I then insecurity, so, yeah. she was trying to show her worth to Dove. Mm, so it's like a yes, whole yeah. fucking little sandwich that became her life. Oh, yeah. She was trying to like get respect from because yes. she didn't want to be the quote unquote like uh, pity. Yes. Like uh, meeting the quota kind yes. of person in the class. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So she thinks of calling Sam and asking him and we find out that she still hasn't talked to him even though she's back in Cambridge and it has her thinking of salmon marks everywhere, which would be so fucking hard. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. She didn't look to see who had made Pioneers when she first started playing, but it was exactly what she needed then. 
She suspected that the doctor might have been Sam when they made the glass heart, and she accused Sam of tricking her, but really, she was embarrassed by how much that world meant to her. See? (laughs) See? (laughs) A year and a half later, she realizes that she's not mad at Sam anymore, and finally begins to consider that he must miss Marks too and be doing a lot of thankless work on the business side of things, which he is. Sadie ends up finding a magic eye book, and she buys it for Naomi, who is now four, and Naomi loves this book. She ends up sending the book to Sam without a note. She's like, he'll know who this is from. All right, Sadie invites Ant to speak in her class because he's in Cambridge, and she takes him out for dinner after. She asks how Sam is. Aunt tells her that he's shutting down Pioneers and that his dad died last week. And we find out that it was actually Dong Hyun Mm -hmm. who died. And that's got me in the heart. Mm -hmm. And when they part ways, Aunt tells her how much he thinks of Marks and all the ways he wishes he could have saved him. And Sadie tells him that's the gamer in him and that the game wasn't winnable. I got a sobbing emoji, so I'm guessing I got some tears there. I was, yeah, that got me. Oh. Okay. This is, I'm almost done. We find out that Sadie is not a natural mother, but she still loves Naomi very much. And this makes sense because it was Marx who was like, let's do this and like proved his case to her. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the situation sucks. Quote, Sadie knew that she herself had not become a person until recently, which I thought was very... You what? You got that too? Uh, yeah, I, I put... I, I don't usually make notes about your chapter, but I was like, I loved this end of this chapter. Because she had not... Yeah. Um, Sadie decided to call Sam. She leaves him a voicemail. She doesn't hear back, so she calls the pizza place to find out if there will be a service. And she finds out that the service for Dong Hyun is this weekend. Okay. So Dong Hyun has been sick for over a year, and Sam. we find out that Sam had taken a step back from work to care for him. So maybe he is good, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> you just hate him. Do you hate Sadie too? I don't like that she's so, like, like privileged. But do you hate Sam more than you hate Sadie? I, uh... (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. okay. I think that he kind of... Anyways. Okay, okay. okay. Um, His, obviously, as um, he was fighting his battle with cancer, he had time to tell, say all the things he wanted to say. Um, He tells Sam that he's a lucky boy and that he has many great friends and that Sadie and Marks loved him. Um, And that makes Sam tell him that he wishes that they he had what him and Sadie had was with like what him and his grandma had. Yeah, Yeah. that's cute. Um, And then his grandpa says like, like, go go meet the kid go like you know there's still time you're still living kind mm-hmm, of thing mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's like well i don't i don't know the kid and like she lives in boston now and she doesn't even want me to come visit her <laughs> typical sam shit yeah yeah <laughs> i mean he does get like a little um in his own feels yes yes a little wrapped up in his own feels yes um obviously dong hyun 
rebuts everything and is just like just do it like yeah. who cares yeah those and reasons are invalid yes and then he tells um sam to tell sadie that there's always pizza for her <laughs> and friends eat free <laughs> even though there are new owners at the restaurant yeah. <laughs> um sam had always found it hard to say i love you but now he thinks it's the easiest thing he could ever do why wouldn't you tell the people that you love them? Why wouldn't you tell them until it becomes redundant? Yes, Sam. Yes. At his grandpa's celebration of life, um, he's kind of like zoning out because of all the well wishes and everything like that. And then like an illusion, he sees Sadie, almost hmm. like a magic eye. <laughs> He had not seen her in five years, but he knew it was obviously her. He, she says something to him and he nods, even though he couldn't hear mm -hmm. what she was saying. Mm -hmm. And um, she ends up leaving. Mm -hmm. So we don't know what anything that was said there. Mm -mm. After going through Dong Hyun's will, we find out that he leaves the Donkey Kong machine to Sadie. Oh, <laughs> so cute. I know. And Sam calls to tell her this and she's just like, why would he even do that? Um, and he's like, oh, you know, he probably thought I would have given up without you or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, maybe something along those lines. Come on, Sam, spit it out. Mm -hmm. um, because he knew, because he knows how much you mean to me, Sadie. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> even though I can't say it, my grandpa can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Tobias. Tobias. You are Tobias. You got him. Oh. Sorry. Um, but then, surprisingly, Sam does open up and is a bit vulnerable and asks Sadie how to get over being blue. Sadie tells him that she threw herself into work and gaming and picturing. What really helped her was picturing people playing because there always will be players. Huh. Um... Oh, and then I liked this quote. I think that's probably why I wrote it down. Um, oh, weird. <laughs> oh, wow, look at me go. <laughs> um, uh, the willingness to play is what kept me... It, sorry, the willingness to play is what keeps one from despair. Aww. Which, it doesn't necessarily have to be games. You just have to, like, wake up and play the game of life. Yeah. Like, or, yeah, just have, like, a fucking willingness yeah yes the exactly. willingness the willingness yeah the willingness of it all yeah oh fuck sadie then tells sam to get your magic eye out and i'm not hanging up until you see something and sam says of course well it won't work for me it never does i'm blah, a little blah, bitch blah. i'm a little I'm bitch, a little bitch. <laughs> um and then sadie just straight up tells him you have so many ideas about what works for you and what doesn't so get your magic eye <laughs> So you're going to fucking do this. Eventually, Sam sees it and it's a bird. It's a plane. It's a bird. It's a bird. It's Mark's. No, it's no, not. No, it's not Mark's. It's a bird. No, it's a bird. Um, and then, of course, after this revelation of him seeing his magic eye, um, he says to Sadie, let's make something together. And then Sadie says, why would we make something together? We make each other miserable. And then tells him, good night, Dr whatever <laughs> oh yeah yeah um later on the donkey kong machine arrives and it's on it's on like donkey kong Hell yeah though the memory has been wiped but sam has been burned into the screen 
I loved the bit too about how like it cost her so much to yes, ship it and yes. she could have gotten one locally yep, like for half the price. Yeah, yeah, but she still did it yes. and put it in her office. The nostalgia of it. All right, take it away, Caitlin. Take it away, Caitlin. <laughs> Thank you. Wrap her up. Wrap her up. All right, so not quite a year after Dong Hyun died, Sadie and Sam were approached by another game company called Revju, who wants to make an Ichigo 3. Sam and Sadie decide that they will fly to New York to take the meeting. Interesting. A woman named Marie is pitching Ichigo 3 and straight up asks them why they never made a third one. She kind of presents herself really well. She's put together like a little bit of a, uh, what would you call that? Preview? Yes, yeah. Of what it could be like. Mm -hmm. Um, And after the meeting, Sadie and Sam decide to grab food to discuss what they should do. Sadie ends up showing Sam a picture of Naomi. He says she looks like Marks and Sadie and Sadie together. And Sadie says she took her to class and all of her students told her that she looked like Ichigo. So Sam suggests they play the sample of Ichigo 3 together and they do. Sam asks Sadie, why do you think we never got together? He's just like putting all his cards on the table. And Sadie says that they were together. And she says lovers are common and that true collaborators in this life are rare. This is true. Uh, Sam tells Sadie that he used to think maybe it was because... (laughs) Thank you for Tobias. (laughs) Sam tells Sadie that he used to think it was maybe because he was poor. And then after that, when he wasn't poor anymore, he thought maybe it was because he was half Asian. And Sadie's like, you're insane. (laughs) So they decide, I mean, in all reality, she's probably like, uh, how about the fact that you can't tell anybody (laughs) anything about you? Maybe it's the fact that you won't open up to me. That you don't open up to the person who you supposedly care about the most? Not that part. Not that part, though. Not that reason. It was because you're poor. It's definitely (laughs) because you're poor. So, ew, poor. Yeah, ew, poor. I'll just spend fucking 604 hours with this kid, but not no. lovers. Hey. Too poor to be a lover. Nope, never. <laughs> Would never love somebody poor. Okay. Just kidding, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, they decide to take a walk together. Sam tells Sadie why him and his mom left New York. Sadie tells Sam about how the kids in her class are so different and how they openly talk about their traumas and how grateful she is that her and Sam were born when they were. Um, Sam tells Sadie that they would have made games no matter what era they'd been born into and uses Emily and the doctor as proof. Sadie ends up thanking Sam for Pioneers because it really did help her, which is cute. Sam points out the building that him and his mom used to live in. Suddenly, he's an open fucking book. Like, let it all out <laughs> right at the end. Right at the end, Sam. Sadie thinks of Sam as a child and wonders if she would have been the designer she was without Sam's ambition. And would he have been the way that he was without his childhood trauma? She realizes that the work was equally both of theirs and that it's taken her two decades to understand this. Which fucking sucks, man. So Sam sees Sadie off at the airport. As she's leaving, he tells her she should still make games and that he wants to make a game with her. He will never fucking stop. He's like a dog with a bone. Yep. And he so far he goes so far as to say that every time he sees her, he will be asking her. So at least he's like true to his word. 
Um, and then Sam tells Sadie he loves her, and she says she knows and that she loves him too. <laughs> Finally, <sighs> it only took thirty-five years. Before Sadie boards, she asks Sam if he still games, and I was like, Ah, this is like going right back to the beginning. She gives him a drive, um, and she tells him that it's not good, but maybe he'll know what to do with it. And he asks how he'll contact her, and she tells him he can call or text or email or stop by her office, and that she has a Donkey Kong machine, and that old friends play free. After Sadie leaves, he looks down at the game and sees that it's called Ludo Sextus in her handwriting. He would know that handwriting anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought I had to think about this book a lot after. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the ending? It feels like it's like a setup for another book. Oh, is that how you felt? Kind of like, I don't. Mm. I was let down. I don't know I don't why. Like I thought it was going to be like more, more grand. Yeah. Because everything else kind of throughout was mm-hmm. like profound mm-hmm. and like big words mm-hmm. and like deeper deep concepts mm-hmm. and like relating to yourself even though you're if you're not a gamer and that kind of stuff yeah. like it was relatable and it is relatable but, but yeah I kind of was let down by the ending as well I feel like there was just like so much more for them to unpack yes and we didn't yes. get that and I really would have loved that yes. but I guess that would have been maybe it is another book maybe <laughs> but tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow times two. Oh, yeah I yeah I would say I don't know I think the reason why I have a hard time with Sam is maybe because I am like Sam <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like that about me mm. I'm very closed off. You can be, yes. Only to people that I And you know what? It's kind of like for the same reason, because you don't want to be a burden. Yeah. (laughs) So it turns out something all making sense. Except I ain't making a world for anybody. (laughs) Oh, but you would. If you could. I guess for the people I really love, I do. (laughs) Dang it. And you would do that. Dang it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why I don't like Sam. (laughs) Because he's all of the parts of yourself that you wish Mm -hmm. you could change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's probably why. Okay, therapy's over. <laughs> That's it. Zip back up. Bye, everybody. I liked Sam. I, I, I don't know. I had to. I had to keep reminding myself too. Like when all the drama was happening, they were so young. Yes, so young, True. and like dealing with so much. I was not dealing with having my own fucking business then. Successful business, S- super on successful top of with that. an office yep. and everything, and like also trying to navigate who I am and how I fit into the world mm-hmm. and how I interact with people. Mm-hmm. Like I fucking sucked in my twenties. Mm. I did. I really did. Well, it's just like what Sadie said, which this part really, that part really stuck with me about like, I only just became a person like mm-hmm. people who say like, I know my kid's personality yes. when they're like two years old, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's just like, but no, they haven't become a person yeah. yet. I really resonated yeah. with that part. Yeah. And I'm like, I just be- felt like I just became a person. <gasps> Like, oh yeah so i guess i should give them some slack but <laughs> their relationship was super toxic and i still shauna actually proposed this question in the mm-hmm. facebook group and i'm curious about your answer did marks need to die i don't think he i don't think so but i think 
to make them come to back together in the end i don't know. see i 100 percent think that they would have marks would have made everything fine True. between them like yeah. sam would have been there meeting naomi immediately mm. he would have still had a connection with sadie mm. like there wouldn't have been the fallout i think marks died because we needed a climax right yeah okay i could see your point yeah i think it could have been yeah. like if marks didn't die then they wouldn't have had that like major fallout and the pioneers thing wouldn't have happened mm-hmm. but like i think ant could have died and that could have been a suitable climax true, true but then we wouldn't have had the like them repairing their relationship at yes. the end in the same way i guess yes that but also like <sighs> i just wish they went instead of like kind of brushing it over in like the last chapter mm. Like, could we have gotten a little bit more or like an epilogue or yeah. something on yeah. that? Yeah. Being like, so this is how they are doing now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like maybe, like, I feel like Sam should have met Naomi. Like, Marx oh, was yeah. his best friend. True, true. And I so was Sadie. Even, like, still yeah. Like, I just find that so far-fetched and like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. You. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What you I, rate it? I don't know. I'm thinking what four. I was thinking four too. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, I just did not love the ending part, and yeah. I'm sad that Marks died. Still. Yeah. I'm pretty pissed actually. I really don't think he needed to die, mm-hmm. but it would have been a boring story had yeah. he not have died. True. I guess there needed to be something juicy in there. Somebody needed to die. Yeah. I just don't think it needed to be Marks, but it is what it is. True. Yeah. Um. Shit. I was gonna ask you something else marks tomorrow four tomorrow. stars four stars same here i think i think i already said that yeah no that's all i got okay all right well we won't be here next week re- next no. week no we're reading thursday more the thursday murder club in when march come back in yeah. march okay so we'll see you then smell you later good gouda bye ya Thank you so much for listening. Please join us over at the Book Club Babes Facebook group for book discussions and to make your book recommendations or on Instagram at bookclubbabes.pod. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can email us at bookclubbabes.pod at gmail.com or contact us on our website at bookclubbabes.ca. If you love the Book Club Babes podcast, please tell a friend about us. And until next time, bye! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.